Hi, I'm Ian, and welcome to this episode of the Focal Point Podcast by Performance Edge. I'm flying solo this week, so you have to deal with just my voice as Chris is away. And this week we're joined by Hattie Green. Hattie is the founder of Embrace Your Power, which is a service that she runs to help coach um, and inspire individuals. I'm lucky enough to have been on a couple of um, Hattie's courses and as someone that's naturally a little bit sceptical, um, they are really good uh, and, and really enjoyable and I encourage you to, to have a look out for them. We'll put a link to her stuff um, in the notes that we send out. It was great to get Hattie on. She's a naturally infectious individual and has some really good insights about positivity um, and looking after yourself. Really enjoyed the conversation. And here she is, Hattie Green on the Focal Point podcast. So, mate, it's great to have you on um, Focal Point. Um, Thank you. Fantastic to get yeah, your opinion on this. Just uh, where are you today, Hattie? What's going on? What's happening? I am literally just this morning in my home um, in Lincolnshire in Grantham. And today really is like a day off. I always have Friday, Saturday, Sunday as doing whatever I want that's what how nice. I kind of schedule my weeks yeah so Monday to Thursday is productivity work and then Friday to Sunday I'm like oh what should I do today so if bits come in like podcast recording like this yeah. Yeah. then amazing that's great but um but yeah so chilled one today is that something you've you've always done then have you always like had Fridays off so it's actually something I have started to implement probably in the last couple of months, um, really looking at, and it's in line with all the work um, I've been doing on myself, like as a client in the coaching space, right. but the work that I've done on myself um, and really looking at, starting to look at building what my calendar looks like, how I want my calendar to, to look like. You know, so then when work and bits and bobs come in, I can go, well, actually, my time is Friday to Sunday. So I'm going to choose what I'm going to do within that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, if I want to bring in a podcast, like, amazing, I'll do it on that day. But Monday to Thursday is that full productivity meetings, work and everything like that. Oh, one of my, my colleagues I work with, you know, she's got a, she's a very busy person, a productive person. And someone once described her calendar uh, looking like a Picasso painting on acid you know <laughs> it's just sort of like <laughs> these color-coded blocks of stuff and um I love that yeah she had to work uh, she's done quite a lot of work recently to sort of simplify that and it's just one of the things that comes up in these in these high performance discussions or performance discussions is the need for simplification um and like choice and being able to be quite clear with your choices um so I'm hearing, hearing that right from the start and let's let's go let's get back a bit then and just understand a bit more about you because um I've, I've wanted to get you on this for a while for two reasons really one because you're an incredibly positive person and I think every time I sort of see your stories and, and sort of around you you're talking like you have a high threshold of positivity it's always there constantly positive and I think <laughs> I just wanted to inject a bit of that I'm not saying that everyone we've spoken to before hasn't been positive there is a lot of positivity in the people we've spoken to but it's naturally sort of it's infectious for me so I really wanted to get your, your lens on it but just just tell me a bit more about what what it is you currently do because I think that'd be really interesting for our listeners to understand yeah definitely and thank you so much that means That's a lot right. um so what I currently do oh my gosh so I 
for the past year have been building my own business and this is something I actually hadn't ever done before like stepped into that entrepreneurial space and really just went full steam ahead with my own business but it just really aligned um, at that time with everything I was doing so a year ago just to take you back to kind of understand where that came from um I just had the idea wasn't even meant to be for a business wasn't meant to be anything like that I had the idea to bring together all these amazing inspirational incredible people that I'd been meeting and connecting with you know during lockdown and that time when we are online so much more so we were connecting globally you know with more people um and I was within the within the personal development space and I wanted to bring them to one platform for people for other people to access them to be inspired to you know walk away from the event and be like oh I can go and do that or just with some tangible tips to implement into their life to feel better about themselves day to day or gain the courage to go and pursue what they want to do um and so I just did it like I felt really pulled to putting this event together there was just such a strong like I have to do this and I just followed it and within two weeks of having that idea I put on a global virtual event and around 100 people from all over the world came to the event and it was really successful so I was like this is something like this is something I can't just like not do that again um so I started doing an event once a month different speakers from around the world all people that have a story um have really worked their way to whatever they were doing at that point inspirational but relatable people because I think that's really important Mm. um Mm. and I just yeah built that month to month and then it's grown from there and there's a one-to-one coaching space within it now um group training sessions and um it's called embrace your power so that's what I'm building alongside stepping back into the performing space Okay. So that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Right. So I'm instantly, I'm going to come back to the EYP stuff, the Embrace Your Power stuff in a minute. But um, the performing space, my ears have been pricked up by that. So go on. Like, what, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So this is actually a bit of an exclusive on the oh. podcast. Because, <laughs> I, because it's been my whole life, I've been a performer up until kind of, about three years ago now. So my whole life has been driven towards performing. And when I say performing, singing, dancing, acting, really within that space. Like when I was just eight years old, I was an associate of the Birmingham Royal Ballet. Wow. And it's literally worked and worked from, from there. I went to Italia Conti to do musical theatre, lived in London, you know, really been in that space for years. Um, and then I moved back home. And this is such a huge part of the story but such a turning point um was when my dad was really ill and suddenly passed away Mm. and I always within my story mentioned that because it's such a a flip you know within everything that happened and I didn't then and since then I haven't really performed like from that moment really neglected it not step back into that space um 
you know, I've been working on myself a lot. I really believe everything happens for a reason. And now, you know, is the time I'm stepping back in there over these past three years, you know, being able to build the business. Lockdown happened anyway, so there wasn't much performing opportunity. Mm. Um, but I felt there's really been something missing. I've been filling my time and I've been loving what I'm building, but something has been missing from that. I haven't felt completely fulfilled. And I was just, I think, scared of stepping back into it. So I've gone 100%. Now is the time to really, you know, be true and authentic to myself and actually go ahead and pursue the performing side of my life. Love that. Love, that's a, again, hearing you speak, it's powerful, right? There's a powerful story there. And I do want to unpick a bit more of it because I think a lot of people that I speak to, and I, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, equate any of my experiences to yours at all. But I think, you know, that fear that you're talking about, right? You know, that, that not feeling complete. I think a lot of people I speak to feel that and have felt that. And I think that's been magnified in the last couple of years, you know, because people oh, have been given the space to sort of do a bit of soul searching. And there's a lot of good that comes from that. You know, there is a lot of positivity and um, new perspective that's come as a result of COVID and, and sort of being in that, in that environment. But I'm just interested, how did you unlock that then? So like you, you mentioned that you felt it. I'm, I think a lot of people would be interested to know like the processes that you went through, if you're happy to share, to, to find what was missing, because I think a lot of people feel it, but they don't know how to actually go down that route. And, oh my God, it. 100%. Like it is just like you said, I think almost, if not everyone, has a time or many times in their life where they feel stuck or not fulfilled or know there's more but don't know what that more maybe right. is. Um, yeah, I feel like that probably resonates with everyone <laughs> at some time in their life, right? Um, and But at the same time, I think actually stepping away from it and doing the work on myself like you said um lockdown and covid really was like for a lot of people a soul searching time we actually were made to slow down yeah. there was a lot of slowing down and in life we don't we're conditioned to go 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 do 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 all the time um whereas we were really made to slow down which actually I think was good you know in mm. a lot of respects and for myself definitely and I really stepped into and that's obviously where building Embrace Your Power and the business came in but really stepped into working on myself my mindset and actually understanding who I was as a person without the conditioning without the, um, what I feel I, you know, in inverted commas, should be doing with my life or should be stepping into. And mm. in answer to your question, I think it's, I really think it is actually going in, doing the work on myself, the slowing down to realise it sounds quite deep, but who am I and what do I really want? So like nothing holding me back. And this is a question and anyone listening actually can take this question away with them. If nothing was holding me back, what would I do? 
without the conditioning, you know, without the what you think you should be, nothing holding me back, because that obviously takes away your fears, you know, everything like that, just for that split moment. And the answer is the truth. And I asked myself that question not that long ago. And this is after, you know, a couple of years of doing a lot of work on me. But I really listened to my gut and intuition. Nothing holding me back right now. What would I do? And I would step back into that space where I was auditioning for the West End. Do you know what I mean? I'd step back into that. Nothing holding me back. Now, there are things that are holding me back. But um, but we work on them. But I knew the decision was in in that truth of the answer from that question. Yeah. Yeah, I like that question. I like that question. Um, one of the things that I'm struck with a couple of things there. Um, one, one thing I'm actually resting with, sort of a slight tension on that question, is around, like, the environment you're in at the time. So how you kind of answered my question, actually, a little bit. Like, how often would you ask yourself that question? Because my, my opinion is at certain times that you're going to get a very different answer, um, depending on, like, you know, the pressures, the environment, the, you know, what's going on for you right, right at that moment in time. Um, but I like it. I do like it as a question. It's a very open one. It's a very searching one. The only other bit I'm really struck with, though, is about um, the slowing down to speed up. Or you, that's kind of what we yeah. talk quite a lot about to our the, the, the groups that we work with certainly in the sporting space you know we do quite a lot yeah. of work in something called decompression which is you know, creating a moment to, to slow down essentially to stop actually to understand the perspective of like what's going on uh you know not get not get drawn into the technical tactical all the time you know whoa stop let's understand what's happened and then that that moment of pause that moment of, of slowing down allows you to understand which makes you faster in the long run and i do think that that is something that is often miss up <laughs> how have you created the environment to have that moment we have a goal line and we have a soul line mm-hmm. the goal line is oh there's th- i'm striving for this i want this i want to do this you know those things we want to achieve right and we work at them that's the do that's the do 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 we work we take the action but a lot of the time we neglect the soul line. We neglect the slowing down for the mind and and going inward. We neglect because we feel, I say we, I can only speak for myself, but I do think in general, um, there's a notion that if we slow down or if we stop, then we're not moving forward, right? Whereas actually, just like you said, that soul line work, um working on yourself internally who you are just like what I was talking about before with the work I've done on on myself and continue to do helps you to continue to be fulfilled at every stage of the journey that's a huge concept that we don't we just don't work on and it's it's down to the slowing down to speed up as well I think it relates to that massively it's a hard it's a hard notion to grasp right especially when you're working in environments where it's high paced and you know mm-hmm. we almost one of the senses i get at times is that people feel guilty for slowing down like, oh no I, I can't i can't do that you know i shouldn't be doing that and i, I think one of the it, we, we do a lot of work about paradoxes you know, the paradoxes that you work in one of the i think one of the paradoxes that you know this is something we never thought would happen this is an unprecedented event and we are going to prioritize your well-being and your mental health we're going to give you the permission to go and put that at the top of your agenda to get out into nature to use the time 
And then what's happened is, you know, people people have responded to that. That's why there's been such, in my opinion, it's why there's been positive growth in areas because they've gone, oh, wow, what, what an amazing thing for me to be given the chance to do, to, to put myself at the forefront and develop myself. And then all of a sudden, we're back and it's now, oh, I want that. Do I have the permission to do it? You know, do, do, am I allowed to? Do it? And I'm seeing that tension at the moment in quite a lot of organisations yeah. where we work, where people are sort of screaming out for that was really good. Um, we need to slow down and understand why that was good because that's worked for us. But then we're back on, back on like the hamster wheel almost. And it's like, do we have the permission to do this? And I think there's a massive tension there for people to navigate um, at the minute. But, uh... it's, it's huge. I think it's, I totally get it. The slowing down, feeling guilty for slowing down and I think it really stems back to like even school you know when you're young and um if you haven't achieved say what you wanted to in your exams or Mm. in um something that you you've been going for whatever but even at that age it's like well did you do enough maybe you need to do more yeah could be nothing about the doing more right um, but we're always told we'll do more then do more there's this whole notion of you know you haven't done enough or oh you have to do so much to to get to that point and I think that that and it it goes along the whole journey of life and then when we're adults we're like oh well in order to reach this meet this goal or um, secure this client or whatever it is we have to do, 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 do. When actually the mind is then full and it all, I, when linking, you know, to high performance, I really think it's about working on your mindset massively, massively. And um, when you give yourself the space to just be, and when I say just be, release your mind, the quiet, whether that be, I don't know, a walk in nature, Um, if you're somebody that meditates, a meditation, just something where you just allow what is to be. And I find my biggest, that's when I had the vision of doing Embrace Your Power, that event, your biggest, the reason it works and the reason then you propel quickly afterwards is because you've given your brain space for the insights the ideas that are there, but because you're so full on all the time, there's no space for them to come in. You have to create the space for the magic to come in and happen to then propel forward. It's, in my opinion, a non-negotiable. It's an essential thing to do, to slow down, to move forward. And I actually, um, it's, it's a practice definitely, because as you said, you know, it's, it's a concept that not everyone runs by or, or a new concept coming out of, out of COVID. But I really feel like that is how you really propel forward. Definitely. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's been a, a pretty cool non-negotiable. There's a lot, again, you know, the guests we've spoken to before, you know, who range you know, in, their, in their experience from sort of, you know, performing arts like yourself through to the kind of formula one space it's consistent right that they all talk about this need to they talk about it in different terms whether it's recovery whether it's slowing down or whether it's creating space but it is massive it is a a consistent thing that comes up 
in all the discussions is space, slowing down, recovery. Like if you're going to perform yeah. at the highest level, you're going to need to do these things. And I do think that that is translatable in every environment. I don't think it's exclusive to one or the other. It is an important aspect in, in, in all parts of, of life. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of your stuff and you've coached people that I know and I know the impact that you have. Um, but I do still I do still struggle personally with some of this, the visualization coaching. Then like, like, yeah. like how you remove that, how do you do that? And I think one of the one of the challenges I really face is how do you disconnect from from life? It um, starts with a willingness to want to do it. If you don't prioritize it, you're not going to do it. Or if you don't understand the importance of of it you're not going to find the time to do it right whereas if you really understand and that could be through conversation that could be through coaching it could be it is a process mm. but if you really understand the importance of the slowing down to speed up taking the time out to give your mind that um that space and going from there then it starts with that willingness to do it, right? And as you then make a commitment, again, you have to make a commitment to doing it. You create time. And as I, it actually goes back to what I was saying about at the beginning with the calendar, you create <laughs> time in the calendar, you know, you know, the, the Monday to Thursday, Friday to Saturday, but you create time in the calendar to do that. And then there is what is doing that, <laughs> what is actually doing that. Mm. Um, and I think there's a lot of, again, should misconceptions and everything with what it should be like, disconnecting and that, well, really, you can't just disconnect from your thoughts or the outside or wherever, you, you can't because your mind is full, right? Full of thoughts all the time. And it's not about, you know, just nothingness it's about um just watching them no judgment on thoughts no judgment on anything it's five minutes ten minutes you know to start with on just I'm just sitting with it uh, when you talk it makes sense you're like okay so that, that I'm, I'm picking up again that thread there not even a thread really actually it seems like a theme of like willingness being almost a, a non-negotiable again around like you know performance yeah. so you've got to be willing um and that's what sort of we're looking for are you willing to do this um, the bit about judgment I find fascinating because I am, um, you know, in some of the previous work Chris and I used to do in the military, you know, suspending judgment was pretty much part of it. If you're going to go and have an interaction with somebody and you want to understand what's going on and you want to get a true picture, we had to be very good at suspending judgment and we're pretty good at it. I'd argue we're pretty good at doing that for other people. Like I, go, I can go into an interaction and go in, I'm not going to judge you at all. But like when it comes to turning it on myself, oh man, the amount of judgment that's in there, that, that noise is, is intense to try and remove. Yeah. So I think that's fascinating. But I think right. we can do it outside, but not internally. It's like with everything. I really think it, that, that resonates with everything. It's so much easier or whatever. We find it as humans so much easier to do it for somebody else. Mm. It's like I, I always, and it, it really links to this actually, but I always say um, you wouldn't miss an important meeting with somebody else. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't miss it. So why mm -hmm. do you miss one with yourself? Why then would you miss one with yourself? And it really links to that. And that, you know, oh, well, I can do the non-judgment with other people, but when it comes to me, or I can 
you know, be there at that time or whatever for that other person. But when it comes to scheduling them the time for myself, I don't prioritize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, I've been on some of your EYP um, things, including that breathwork one recently, which is, uh, you know, massively good for gaining knowledge and gaining skills to give yourself that space. So it's definitely something to check out for people that are listening. I'll put a link into um, the post that we put out so people can can find your work and and understand what's going on. What is your focal point for today? What what are you going to use? Yeah, today, um, my focal point is a point shoe, which is a, a ballet shoe that has, you know, like the block in the end that allows a ballerina to go and dance, you know, on the tip of their toes, right? So that that's my focal point. And I chose this because it really relates to my life um, in terms of, you know, the performing, that, that aspect of it. I have my very first pair of point shoes still and the beauty and, and how that relates to, to the performing side of my life. But also I've always been so, fascinated with what the point you in my opinion what that represents and it's such an amazing I think which is why I brought it um analogy that the audience sees a beautiful satin generally pink but it you know whatever color the ballerina's wearing point you on this beautiful effortless graceful dancer mm-hmm. and that is what you see that is what an audience sees right that's the point shoe to everyone but inside the point shoe and this is just my own story you know when I've been dancing in point shoes I take off my point shoe and there's blood all over my tights You know, there's the skin from my toes has ripped off. And it's just that really interesting visual concept of the audience sees the beauty, but then the foot inside, you know, the blood, the, the skin coming off and that, is that what's happened and not necessarily, it's not, that's not a, negative thing that's just the the visual but the work that is actually gone on to create that beautiful Mm. vision for the audience and I just think it's such an amazing analogy of the journey to that point or the journey of somebody's success it the 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 blood the the skin relates to the commitment the dedication the hurdles the failure that up and down journey that they've been on to present on the outside what the audience they wouldn't see that and another thing I really think if I were to link it to kind of this day and age as well within social media and generations nowadays, children that are born into um, social media, Instagram kind of in particular, because it's all about a pretty picture. Mm. I know I'm being very stereotypical. There's a lot more to it than that, but 
you know, a grid of a snapshot of something beautiful. And I think children can see, and even adults, you know, teenagers are looking at it and being like, that's success, that's perfection, you know, on the outside, but that's a snapshot of what you're seeing on the outside, not what that person's journey has been, or, you know, the real work that's gone in behind that, the challenges, the struggles the and they're all beautiful I think there's a beauty within the mess I think that's I love the journey and I love the beauty in the mess and and the bloody the bloody foot is the beauty in the mess you know but it's that great concept of well there's one thing on the outside but actually that's what's happening to make that happen I think it is a really interesting contrast and a really good metaphor because the bit that I, I've written, so I've been talking, I've been writing stuff down. And I'm not, my, my first question is, why don't we show the audience the blood and the broken toes? Why, why don't we show them that? It's, it, I feel like it's, I would, I think people would be not wanting to see the show. You know, just from a, from a say, take the ballet, for example, people want to see the beauty they want to see that effortless graceful performance um or did want to is that a changing thing now you know I do feel like there is a development within that you know so who, who knows but I do think that it's this kind of picture of what perfect should look like and people are then drawn into that and it's like with a show with any show it's that escapism of this beautiful story that they can escape to you know from whatever may be the reality at that moment of their lives I think with any kind of show or performance or and that's why that's shown you know so people can really escape into that for a while um, so would then showing the reality behind this beautiful escapism story have the same effect? Chatterby you know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I think I it, don't know. It, it chimes in with what, I, I mean, again, it's the main question I sort of had in my head, why, why don't we want to see that? Because to me, that's the most beautiful part of it. Like, look how much effort this person mm -hmm. has put in to get to this point to do this for you. And I think it does chime with what you were saying before about is slowing down and one of our other guests um ethan who was on a few months back um he was talking about don't compare your page one sorry yeah don't compare your page one to someone else's page 30 of their story like it's really easy to look at someone else and go oh my god look what they've done i'm nowhere near that right now and i think this is a, it's a similarish metaphor here you're going like here's the thing that you can do you haven't seen what's gone on to get to that point and I, personally I've, i like that bit more this is my my reflection right so going to football going to watch a game of football I like the warm-up I like watching yeah. come out and like get ready to perform the performance yeah I love that yeah. as well but my, my the bit I like the most is watching what they do I love going to training grounds and watching the intensity of training and like mm -hmm. seeing the dedication and seeing the execution of the drills that they do and like understanding that because I think it's easy isn't it to, to for you I must say you go to a ballet and you probably sit there and go oh, yeah, I could do that I could I could, mm. I could get on there today I could have a go at that I'd, I'd be all right at that and I think most of us do that. We go to something that we've got some kind of understanding of and go, yeah, I could do that. And it's only when you go behind the scenes, it's only when you dip sort of behind the curtain that you go, 
uh, oh, I might not be able to do that actually because look yeah. at what they do. Look at that. And I think there's a definite disconnect between us seeing the finished products and understanding what happens to get to that point. Um, it's something that definitely is missed. You're someone that's got a presence on Instagram, right? You, you use it um, rightly to, to sort of market yourself and you're very mm -hmm. good at doing that and successful at doing that. How do you remain authentic on Instagram? Like what, what, what are your tips to do that? This has changed. <laughs> this has changed over time. The reason I make that noise because that's a journey in itself, right? Like I feel 100% when I first, you know, went on social media or first got my Instagram and started, you know, posting or whatever, I very much felt like I needed to be a certain way or fit in. And this is before I did any work on myself, right? So it does link back to, to working on you, definitely. But it was that um, definitely external judgment. You know, mm. oh, I need this to look like this so that it gets this likes, right? 100%. And that is inauthentic and not how I am now. Um, but I was definitely like that when I first got Instagram and social media. And it was all about that and the aesthetics rather than the the journey but then as I've worked and built on myself um I've realized that one I want to be true and authentic to me so how I show up is me you know mm. and there's a, there's a confidence within that I think it does come with building confidence within yourself because if I'm very much of that if you don't like that, that's totally fine. But this is who I am and who does like it and who is inspired by it will follow and watch it. And that's great. Yeah. Um, and there's just, and that just comes with a confidence that comes with working on yourself and more and more of that authenticity um, comes out within your social media and your presence. And I think the more authentic you are, and it is still a process and a journey for me because I still sometimes filter my photos um, and things like that. Why? Again, that's something that I'm working on. There's not, there's still a journey with that. But in terms of who I am as a person, personality, the more and more authentic I'm being, the more um, actually people are inspired by that. And in everything I do and understanding, the more I understand me as a person in everything I do, it's about, you know, that service of helping others inspiring others through my journey so showing the bloody toes showing the skin you know yeah. and inspiring through the journey might that may not be on the stage and in the show but maybe that's the beauty of when you are authentic and have that social media presence truthfully mm. and then you step on the stage yeah people can get lost in the um, beauty of the story and the magic of what they see but then they can go on social media and they and see that journey yeah. um but I feel like not that's unique on social media I don't think everyone does that no. um minority definitely but it's a growing it's something that that will grow and grow and grow hopefully yeah. Yeah, I get one of the things that's resonating with me there is something that you said about you know, being true to yourself and being authentic and like, you know, just being comfortable with, with that and people will resonate naturally with that. One of the bits of advice I was given recently is so we work in um, 
you know, all of us at Performance HD, some mental skills work with a sports team. So like whether that's in rugby or it's in football or whether it's in you know, different spaces. And um, I've started a role recently with a women's football team. So over at West Brom and um, <laughs> the advice I was given was feed the hungry. I was like, what? And that, that was like, the, that, so I, I like head coach, if you want the, the most experienced out of a lot of us. I said, well, what do you mean? So I feed the hungry. And I had to really, really pick that. I was like, what are you telling me to do? And then I, he, he broke it down for me. He's like, mate, look, you ain't going to get everybody involved in this. Like, you can go and brief the whole team and there'll be 50%, 60% that'll go, oh, I'm just here to play football. It's like, if you try and win that 60% over, you are going to trip over many times and it's not going to work. What you're better off doing is engaging with the 40% the ones that want it, don't neglect the ones that want it, feed the hungry and then it will start to, to have a knock-on effect. And I was like, I'd never thought about that because my, my inclination before would have been to win everyone over, to win 80% of the audience. And now, I know you can never get 100% and I'm not an, I'm not an idiot in that respect, but my, my, my inclination would have been to go after and get, get mass. And he's like, nah, go to where people are hungry and you, you, you'll see the change from there and then it will resonate. And I was like, oh, I've never thought about it in that way before. And I think what you just said there about being authentic to yourself is essentially feeding the hungry, right? Like, here's me, if you want this, you know, engage with it. Um, and then we'll yeah. see where we go from there. Uh, and taking the pressure off to go and, you know, be attracted to, to everybody, that, that's a pressure you don't need. Just just go to where you're, you're hungry. Um, and again, it links to um, you're going to the ones that are willing, that are willing yeah. to, that are committed to, um, and they will come forward. So again, like you said as well, takes pressure off you. You're there to yeah. deliver what you want to deliver. Whoever wants that, come get it. It's here for you. Yeah. Who yeah. wants it? So just get back to the, the, the shoes. I really like it as a metaphor. Um, I think, like I said, the, the contrast of it is brilliant. So like what we talked a bit about non-negotiables already um, in our sort of meandering conversation so far. But like just going back to that, that shoe, like just give me the kind of, just summarize me what the high performance lessons are from that shoe what, what are the key ones that people should take away from from the shoe yeah so really it's what's behind the shoe okay. i think um and what is behind the shoe is the journey and seeing the beauty in the mess Ooh. the commitment the dedication the willingness to put the work in to grow to growing yourself and your skill the what's within the shoe represents all of that because you wouldn't be dancing in that shoe with that pain if you didn't love that journey and work on that journey and and enjoy the journey and I and we hear this a lot right but I really I really believe again it links back to soul and goal mm. that it's about the journey being fulfilled in the journey loving the journey it's like the warm-up of the football match right yeah. <laughs> it's not just the the match it's not just the show it's it's there's a life behind that there is a life a human and everything behind what you then see as that not necessarily end result but end result of of what the ballet shoe is on the outside. Love that. Thanks, Hattie. And, um, you know, I've been asking you a lot of questions and, and peppering you with uh, my thoughts. So I'm going to um, offer up the opportunity for you to ask um, us a question. Now, I'm flying solo today. So um, we've done this before when I've been alone. In the, I'm going to listen to your question. If I can answer it, I'll answer it. If I can't, I will volunteer Chris to answer it when he's back online. <laughs> so... 
again, mate, I'm just interested to know, what is your question? Do you have a question for me and Chris? Really simple question. Whether there's a simple answer, I don't know. Um, how do you see the shoe? Ooh, okay. Because I want to understand <laughs> that question before I answer it. Are you talking about like my own shoe or are you talking about how do I see your the metaphor? How do you shoe? see the point shoe? Yeah. How do you see when you see the point shoe? What do you see? Okay. What do I see? I think, I think I can get distracted by the shoe. I think I, I essentially, I think I can fall for the shoe mm. um, and go, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> or that looks good. Or wow, look at that. You know, I think I can, I'm guilty of that. I'm conditioned maybe to, to respond to that. Um, I think, what I would what I would probably end up doing it so again using the metaphor of the, the dance I would probably be uh, taken by it um, impressed by it in the moment but I do think I would consider the effort that it takes I think I am and certainly in the last couple of years I am more and more aware of like the effort it takes to do certain things and I think that you know from you know, running startup companies from being in the military to being around you know elite sport environments you do get a sense of like, how hard people work um and i think the, the the people that are the most visible tend to have worked really hard is what i is, is a correlation that i can see but i don't think a lot of people appreciate the hard work i think that sometimes it gets lost with entitlement you know i see that with footballers you know people have this perception of them being really entitled and yeah you know they have they do have a lot of support around them they do have a lot of environmental structure that allows them you know a life that not many people have doesn't take away from the hard work though you know they yeah. work bloody hard to be there um they have to you don't get to that point you don't get to that point in life if you don't work hard um but yeah, I think I would, I, I think I would still be susceptible to the shoe. I think I would still just see the shoe um, and not fully acknowledge the broken toes and the blood behind it. Um, but I'm getting better at understanding like what that must be like. And I think, I think, I, I, but that's a good question, right? That's a good one to ask, you know, people that are listening to, to ask that question of themselves, you know, what, what, what do you see? Is it really mm. an easy way? I think you, you've asked some really good questions or like presented some really good questions, you know, the one, if nothing was holding you back, yeah, what would I be? And now this one about how do you see the shoe? I think they're really powerful questions for people to consider um, and maybe note down their, their responses to that. Hattie, it's been a, like really a, a privilege to get you on. Um, you know, I'm lucky enough to spend a bit of time with you because you live close by to us, but I'm um, actually hearing your story and understanding a bit more about you. It's been really enlightening this morning to, to get that. So um, yeah, I really appreciate you. you finding the time to do that. And thank you for having me. I that love it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cheers, Hattie. Thank you. So there we go. That was Hattie and the ballet shoe. As always, some really useful and intriguing insight. Um, and some good provocations that have come from, from that discussion. The bits that are still lingering with me afterwards are, I do like the goal line, soul line element as a way to think about I suppose how you're nourishing yourself with what's around you I also really like the 
the tension Hattie put around this, this need to you know, please other people and you, know, you wouldn't miss an important meeting, but why do we miss meetings with ourselves? Why do we under-prioritize that? And I do think that that's shifting. I think that COVID and the impact in the way that we work and the, what the future looks like is allowing us to, to be more aware of what's important to us individually. And that can only be a good thing, I think, um, in my opinion. We'd love to know what you think about it as well. If you've got any observations or um, questions, always um, feel free to, to reach out to us wherever you find us talking about this. And uh, we'll be back soon with a, a new episode. So uh, thanks for tuning in. And um, yeah, have a good week ahead.